Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're so glad you can join us. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you've given each of us a unique trait and ability in you, Lord, and that none of us are the same, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your provision and that you provide it long before we need it, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the miracles that we see you doing each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are glad to have you with us as we continue to study the book of Acts and learn and grow in our faith and in relationship with our Lord and Savior. I'd like to thank everyone that's joined us, and I'd especially like to thank our partners, those that are continually a blessing to us in this ministry and many around the world by keeping us in prayer, by sewing into the ministry, by liking the episodes, by subscribing on the no, numerous platforms that you can find a day of prayer on, and by sharing the episodes with others so they too can come into relationship with our Lord and Savior. So I can thank you for being a blessing to us and, and many others that, well, at some point when we return to the, the heavenly community, no doubt you will be able to meet, if not sooner. So that being said, we're here to get into the Word. So let's do that, shall we? Yes. And today we are in, still in Acts chapter 8, and we're going to reread verses 26 through 40. So can I get a volunteer to cover that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, I promise. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a, a eunuch of the great of great authority under Candace, the king of the and queen, sorry, of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and, a, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does a prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
So the commanded chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. Now when they came out of the wa- up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azertos, and, pa- and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Caesarea. Oh, sorry, Caesarea. It's all right, sir. So, this is our custom. The floor is open. So each of you has the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I'll go. All right, I promise. Okay, so first, Lord, remind me of, I'm not sure exactly what book it is, but it said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then it, I believe it, goes on to say that how can they hear unless there's a preacher to teach them? Mm. I think that's Romans chapter 10. Yes. Starting at verse 17. Mm-hmm. That is exactly correct. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. So what you're saying is we're seeing that same part of Scripture played out here. Amen. That's me. Uh, Amen. That's exciting. That's that's for me. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Continue, Go sir. And so, Lord, remind me that with the scripture, in order for the eunuch to understand, um, that Philip had to come and teach him, and how the Lord or had ordained Philip specifically for this purpose, and he reminded me of S inside of Esther where Mordecai was talking to Esther. And he had, this is me paraphrasing, he had told her that she was, that's why she was in the place of the queen. If she didn't do it, it'll be, the chance would be given to someone else. For such a time as this, mm-hmm. he asked her if, how did, if she didn't understand or realize, how does she know that she wasn't put in a place of royalty for such a time as to speak for her people so that they would not be annihilated, but they would be saved but it required her to go outside of her herself and put her life at risk so that she could petition the king. But that was the whole point that God gave her that position was so she'd be in place to speak for God's people when the time arose. Because God knows everything that's going to happen, right? Yes. (laughs) Haman wasn't a surprise to him. And the eunuch being on the road reading Isaiah at that moment wasn't a surprise. You are not a surprise to God. Amen. Go ahead, sweetheart. And so the Lord, he was showing me that with that, Philip also had to be obedient to the Lord. And mm-hmm. that as soon as the Lord prompted him that he had to go. And he reminded me of if Philip had gone moments, if he had waited too long, the eunuch would have been gone. He would have been past the point where Philip could intercept mm-hmm. him. So there is a 
reason that we must immediately be obedient to the Lord, right? Whenever he says to, to go somewhere or to do something, he always gives the perfect timing. He's telling you to go for a reason, right? Yes. Now we have to receive the answer from him, not what, our, what we think or when it's convenient to us, but when he says, right? Yes. Amen. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 says, uh, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Mm-hmm. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. But the important part that we're looking at is be ready in season and out of season. So when the Lord speaks to us, ask for more information, ask for direction. Is that a move on it now, Lord? Or is that mm-hmm. is there an appointed time for this? And be ready for whatever God says to you. And if you always keep your internal thermostat to, yes, Lord, and I will, God, do whatever it is that you're asking me to when he speaks with you, then you already got the yes. That's what you need to get started. And that's what you need to hear information and instruction from the Lord. He always waits for our yes. And then after that, he gives us more information and more detail. So if the Lord, when the Lord said, go now, Philip, he prompted him that this isn't an, an immediate task that needs to be handled so he he moved with god then but if he had said okay in two days go down right yes go to this place and then i have arranged for this to happen then he shouldn't have left right now unless it was needed to get to that place you know like he needed that journey time but the instant is in your heart and then you align your actions your corresponding actions of your faith and trust in god with his timing be, be ready for whatever God says to you. Have your thermostat and your heart set to, yes, God, I will obey. I will do whatever it is you ask me to do. And then walk with him. Don't, don't think you've got it and go, go without him. Right? Don't, don't run off yes, and say, yes. you know, the Lord says, ah, you know, he just opens his mouth and breathes. And then you're running off and I got the plan, Lord. Nope. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Stay with him. <laughs> Stay with God. And let him give you um, instruction. But your your part and your role that you have to actively be watching on is that you're saying yes to God all the mm-hmm. time. Yes, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you said something, Promise, about if he had gone outside of that time, it would have been too late. That reminds me of Noah. God gives us a grace in the seasons that he's prompting us so that we meet up with the destiny that he's called us to. Now, Noah spent uh, over 100 years building that boat, or at least 100, Mm -hmm. building that boat. And the grace, the opportunity for the people outside of Noah's family was being presented. God was saying, hey, hey, get right. Something you don't know is coming, but look at this, get right. And the word calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. So he was preaching and the grace for that was that opportunity, that hundred year window. That was enough time to speak with everyone that needed to be spoken to and give them a chance. But when that boat door closed, when the, when the hand of the Lord sealed that door, looking for grace was gone. <laughs> the time for that was over. There was no more opportunity to enter into the ark because the door was sealed. Right? Esau, yes. after he gave away his birthright. After the blessing had been given to Jacob, which was already his because God said that, but when it had been pronounced to Jacob, it was too late for Esau to come back. And he came back with tears and he was, he was earnest and, and emotional. He really wanted it at that time. But when the grace was available to him for it, he despised it. 
he didn't take it seriously. He didn't take to heart that the Lord had given opportunity and was calling and asking and knocking and all of those things. So when the blessing was given away, (laughs) it's too late. So also, as we walk with God in our life, let us not treat him as though, oh, tomorrow you'll be here, God, I can go to sleep tonight. And that's a prompting for myself, those, those virgins. It's for everyone. Those, 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 those 10 virgins. Some had some extra oil, some did not. And they were waiting for the bridegroom. And when, when the bridegroom arose, you know, started coming, they're like, oh, we need more oil. The wise ones was like, well, you better go buy some, right? Yes. And the foolish virgins had to run away from where they were supposed to be to try to get prepared for where they should have been. And they missed the opportunity. And when once the bridegroom and his party had gone into the banquet, the door was closed. The opportunity was over. So it's a prompting if God has been talking to you about your life and your walk with him. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Today is the day. Don't harden your heart. But say, yes, God. And as he's leading you, when he wants you to minister, that's an opportunity for your growth. When he calls you to come away with him and spend time in prayer or spend time in fasting or studying the word of God or whatever it is, or to speak to this person or, or to not speak when you want to. Every time that you obey God, every time that you're instant in season with him, you're ready in that season and you take that opportunity to obey. That's for your growth. That's for your benefit. So when, when Philip went to the eunuch, he walked there. Or he, he took some natural means of transportation. But when he left, he left being translated by God. That opened another opportunity. I'm, get that. Hallelujah. Hear that. That obedience at first level took him and gave him an opportunity to go further and deeper with God. He got a promotion. I, I want to be translated. <laughs> I need a supernatural ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Amen. keep looking for those opportunities to grow with God because there is a reason he's giving it to you. It has a weight to it, a good weight. And it's always for God to bless you and give you his best and show you more. Amen. What else, sir? It then remind me of the other half where it said faith comes by hearing. And, and so the Lord reminds me that one of the major th- things for healing to occur is that there has to be faith involved with it. And it wasn't the Lord pushing it upon that person. And so the Lord showed me that with that, in order for the person, for the eunuch to have faith, that he also, he had to hear the message. And the Lord reminded me of something that Mr. Kenneth Hagen had said. And he said that originally when an unbeliever gets saved, that they don't have faith, but the Lord gives them the faith. Because the Lord gives them that their faith, gives them some faith so they can be saved. So they can believe in him. Yes. Okay. Hmm. That's an interesting point. So I want to point this out, right? It goes in line with what you're, you're saying. Because it talks about how the eunuch did believe, right? We talked about this in a previous podcast. How after the, the scripture was explained to him, he received Christ and became baptized, right? Yes. And and what does it say? Um, so he baptized him. Oh, Philip said, as verse 37 of Acts 8, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. 
And he, that is the Ethiopian eunuch, said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I was reminded of John 5, right? There's uh, verses 37 through 39. This is, of course, testifying about Jesus. It says, And the Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word abide in you, because you do not believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you presume by them, or you presume that by them you possess eternal life. But these are the very words that testify about me. That's what Jesus is saying, right? Yes. And yes. look at the scripture that this Ethiopian eunuch is reading. It, it actually comes from, well, back to Isaiah, in chapter 53, right? It's verses 7 and 8. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears as silence, so he opened not his mouth. And he was taken from prison and from judgment. Uh, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of living, for by the for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. Right? But I want to go back to something else in that. So of course, Philip is now teaching the Ethiopian eunuch about Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and what he did for him. But you remember how in the previous episode we talked about how the Lord always provides things? Yes. In abundance, yes. right? Yes. Yes. When did the Lord provide for the eunuch? And does everybody understand... Um, what being a eunuch is and was, especially at that time. Yes. Yes. Can you give me a, a brief explanation? Uh, it was the cutting off of the male appendage when a male served the queen, so nothing happened. Okay, so nothing. So, so they their generation was cut off. There could yes. be no sons or daughters, no one to, which it was huge at that time, a way to continue the lineage right? The family tree, yes. all those things. And yes, they got to serve clearly as this eunuch did in some very key and influential places in the, and by influential, there were positions of importance, right? Yes. yes. However, they had no power or authority. They were essentially just a slave, right? Yes. So they were reduced to nothing and had no way to continue the their lineage, their family name, their tree, they were effectively cut off. As most of the time, there, are, there, were, there were some cultures that um, it was their own culture. They weren't necessarily slaves, even though they were still treated as a slave within their own culture. When you look at things like China and all that with different dynasties. But most of the time it was slaves, right? Yes. yes. But we also have to recognize this. Unlike today, the Bible wasn't broken down the way it is now. They had a scroll, right? Remember Jesus said, and they handed him the scroll of Isaiah. So literally the entirety of Isaiah is written and on the scroll and is in front of him. 
He just happened, the eunuch happened to be at that one point. But let's go back to what we were talking about, the Lord's provision, right? How will they know unless they are taught and how it's in it, in, without a preacher, right? Mm-hmm. So if you could turn with me to Isaiah 56. You know, while we're turning there, you, you see the progression. God set this up that um, after the, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would use um, people to preach the gospel and the fivefold ministry and how he wanted it to go forward. And when you read that Romans chapter 10, how will they hear unless a preacher? And then how will the preacher go unless he be sent? You see the progression of God taking care of every component and aspect of what needs to be done. You see his thoughtfulness all the way around. Amen. He wasn't just concerned about the hearer, but he was also con- he was also concerned about the preacher, which we were talking about. He prepared Philip. He prepared the eunuch. He prepared the chariot. He prepared the people that were running with this particular eunuch. He prepared everything that needed to happen because he is just that good. We are limited to time and place, but he is infinite. He, he's omnipotent. He is all-knowing and he's everywhere all at the same time. So when we look at the vastness of God, we shouldn't try to pigeonhole him to how we think of things. But he's working all, the, literally all aspects of the situation for the good of those who are called by God. He's literally putting every component into place so that it would be ready. And the At the exact time it was needed. In Hebrews, exactly. It says, before the foundation of the world, these works were finished. Talking about, in that particular instance, bringing the children of Israel into the promised land. That work was done before the foundation of the world. All they had to do was believe God, mix faith with his word that was preached to them, and enter in and obey and do the corresponding actions necessary and go forth and enter in. So God is working all of these things simultaneously. We can't see him. You know, Philip didn't see everything. The eunuch didn't see everything. The chariot people didn't mm-hmm. say, see everything, but God did. And that's why it's important to put our eyes on him and just go, yes, God, and obey. Go ahead. So, so in this, we were also talking about the Lord's provision, right? It's a big yes. thing. And when he planned these things out, can I get a volunteer to read the first, or to read uh, Isaiah 56, verses 1 through 8? I will. All right, promise? Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, and choose what pleases me, and hold fast my covenant. Even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted at my, on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, <coughs> Sorry. All right. It's okay. Yes. Good. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, 
Yet I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. Mm. So what everybody notice? The Lord had already provided a way for the eunuch and had Isaiah, the prophet, write about it how many hundreds of years in advance? The, the Lord, yes, several hundred years in advance writing about his exact specific situation and circumstance where he found himself. And who can do that but God? And not just for the eunuch, but I, I assure you, if you read through Scripture and allow the Lord to reveal things to you, you will find that you and your specific situation is contained within the Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amen. how else would this eunuch will have known? From where he was, which let's also look at that. Our God is a God of order, right? He's literally reading about what Jesus did for him. And just, well, for today and the way the word is set up, just a few chapters later, it's three chapters later, his specific situation and the blessings and benefits and all the concerns that he had with his position and of being a eunuch and all those things, the Lord is saying, I've already got it and I've already taken care of it and it's covered and it's nothing like you have imagined or think. And Amen. it's the same blessing and benefit that everyone else that's reentering the kingdom or the heavenly community is going to receive. Hmm. There's no difference. You know that that when you you brought that up about the eunuch not having a lineage and that being of the day was the most important thing having someone to carry on your name that was the probably like the number one thing that families and people were concerned with because if you didn't that meant you were less than nothing you had no value so the people that feel marginalized today you know think about this eunuch and God answered before he even knew that this was a part of God's nature and his character. And God's saying, I've thought about you already. I've already loved you. I've already called you. I've already prepared a place for you. When Jesus said that in my house, in my father's house, there are many mansions, there's many rooms. There's a, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you can actually enter into it and walk in it. He meant that. Before the eunuch knew that this was on God's mind, God was writing about it hundreds of years beforehand, before God, uh, before you knew that you felt marginalized or you felt like you weren't important to anybody else. God has already said, I've called you. I've prepared a place for you. I have loved you. I've laid down my life for you. Enter in. So I think that's just, that's really encouraging. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, sobering at the same time. Absolutely. Just put your trust and hope in everything in the Lord. He's already got it covered. And he, he says so time and time again in his word. You just have to receive it. Mm -hmm. And society may not see you, but your God does. And we're living for his well done, thou good and faithful servant, not anybody else's accolades and and, um, accommodations. Hallelujah. Well, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for making a place for each and every one of us, Lord, that you love us, God, that you have a destiny and a plan for us, God, that you always look to do our good, Lord. We thank you for Israel, Lord, that you're raising her up, God, that you're protecting her, Lord. We thank you for America and all nations of the world that will call on you, God. And we thank you for our partners and our listeners, God, that they are growing in you, Lord, that they are being built up and 
We just thank you for your peace and your shalom, that all things are whole, all is well, nothing broken and nothing missing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.